You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 17. What is radon? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. We're talking about radon today. So what is radon? Radon is an inner gas, meaning that you can't see it or smell it. It is the natural decay products of the minerals uranium and radium that's in the soils. And it's also the second leading cause of lung cancer next to smoking. So it comes up through the soils whether you have a basement or crawl space, that's where it comes up from is the, the soils beneath your structure. So does every house have radon? Yes. Uh, there's, if you go to the EPA's website, they have a map where it shows what they call the hot areas. And ironically, it, it runs pretty much through southwestern Wyoming, right up into northeastern west or northeastern Wyoming. So it's kind of just a band, if you can uh, imagine that. And the only way you know, obviously, is if if you test for it. But every home has it. If I were to test with uh, our, our our machines, I could test it outside, and it would still show radon. It the fact that it's outside, it's like mold spores. It dissipates and it's not toxic. It's about 0.2 picocuriliters per hour is what the average would be outside. So it's everywhere. It just doesn't affect you unless it's in your home. So I guess, and you just pointed to that. So you said it doesn't affect you unless it's in your home. How does somebody know what's going on with the radon levels in their home? You can, you can actually buy, and I'm not sure, I think the brand is Nighthawk. You can actually buy a radon monitor that looks similar to a carbon monoxide detector and plug it in in your hall. They're 
fairly expensive compared to a carbon monoxide detector. They're about $200. I, I don't recommend that, obviously, because I'm a professional, but the way you need to have it tested is to have someone that's certified radon tester. They come in with a machine that's called a CRM, Continuous Radon Monitor, and they run a test for a minimum of 48 hours. They'll come pick it up with me. I don't know how everybody else does it. I have portable printers, so I plug it in right on site, print it off. You've been with me when I've done it. You just print it off and... Hand it if it's a real estate transaction, you hand one copy to the client, and I print another copy off for my records, and that's how it's tested. So, I, I can hear somebody who's just bought a brand new home, brand new construction, thinking, "Well, radon's not an issue for me. I mean, this is a brand new home. What are your What are your thoughts on in terms of should people be concerned about this? When should they be concerned about this? And what is the How do you know you've been exposed, or how long? Well, like I said, it's in the soil, so it's like mold. It doesn't pick and choose whether the home's new or 80 years old. As far as the soils, you know, it, that to explain it a little better, like if your home's over a crawl space, those soils obviously don't care whether the structure above it's new or, or 80 years old. Now, when it comes to a full basement, you can imagine that there's a basement floor that's poured. When you pour a basement floor, it's a separate pour versus your foundation and most people probably know that but they don't really think about it so you have what we call it a cold joint so between your floor where it uh, butts up to your foundation you put expansion board in there but it's still an air gap in a basement though where the so you know if the soils below that slab the gases are going to come up wherever they can so any voids that are there like that cold joint cracks anything like that that's where the, the radon gases are going to come up. So if you did build brand new and you have a full basement with a, it's a fully poured concrete floor, if the radon levels are high, you might be able to get away with it for a little while, but versus a crawl space, because the crawl space is, like I said, the dirt doesn't really care. Whereas a, a concrete floor, it's got to find its way up. But once again, you got to remember it's a gas, so it's going to find its way through the cracks. So as far as, when should you be concerned? I've done many tests on brand new homes and I've had several of them that fail radon tests. So you should anytime. So if you're buying a home during the inspection process, make sure you have a radon test done. If you're listening and you've lived in your home for five years, four years, 10 years, 30 years, it doesn't matter, but get it tested now. Even if it comes back good, when I say good, it's acceptable. It's not a it is a pass or fail, but it's not a, it's like, it's just like mold. There's no way you can have zero. If we see zero on our tests, we know somebody tampered with it. But anyhow, you have to have it tested now. And then if you're good, every two years is, is the recommendations. As far as how do you know if you're exposed, you don't. Uh, the first signs of exposure is when you have lung cancer. So it's, it's one of those things that it's a silent killer. And most people, you know, they just, I, I think a lot of it's just like mold. Their awareness isn't there. And I can't remember if it's January or February, but one of those months, radon awareness month, but most, unless you're a radon tester, most people don't even know that. The EPA doesn't even really push radon anymore because it's the EPA. <laughs> so... How much does it cost it? I mean, you said really you should have a professional do the radon testing. How much does that cost? 
So when I was doing home inspections, if I did a test with a home inspection, I only charged an extra $50 for, because like I said, you have to go set up the machine, then you come back a few days later and, and pick it up. So obviously it saved me one trip because I was already there for the home inspection. So I had set it up after, but it was only $50 for that. So the reason I'm telling you that is most of you, if you're going to buy a new home, ask your inspector what they're going to charge and make sure they're certified because it will be cheaper with a home inspection. Without home inspections, I charge 150. That's here in Wyoming. I don't know what it, I don't research my, my uh, competitors. So I don't really know what they charge, but you could probably expect 150 to up to maybe 300 mm -hmm. is what it would cost. Okay. So not, not, not too bad. Now what happens when somebody has their home tested for mold, not mold, radon, and it comes back high, like really high, and it has to be mitigated. What happens then? So you have to, I'll, I'll kind of touch on that a little bit more um, in details, but you obviously have to do mitigation. But what we have is per our certification standards, when we set the machine up, and, and I'm speaking to the machines I have, most professionals that have a CRM, they have anti-tampering devices on it. So we can see if it was moved, if the power uh, went out, um, and, and one of my machines, actually both of them take readings every hour. Uh, one of them does, does, it shows you the humidity and the temperature. So we can see when we're testing, we can see every hour what it's doing. One thing you've got to realize, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a gas. So the barometric pressure is going to mess with those numbers. So it's going to, it's going to jump up and down and you'll see spikes and then it drops back down, which is totally normal. Um, so when you see it spike, let's say at 20 picocuri liters per hour, that's how we we measure the radon levels. If it jumps clear up to 20, but the average is say 3.4, that's okay. And what we're looking at is, is the average has to be at 4.0 or higher. We're not going off of what the spikes are. So that's how you can tell um, if it's over 4.0, we, there, there's other procedures. We actually run another test. Um, the, the first thing that most realtors want to, to push you into is, is, oh, you have to have mitigation. If you fail the first test per our certification standards, you're not, you don't just jump to mitigation. You actually perform another short term test. Cause what you've got to realize is, when we're testing, we test under what's called closed home conditions. So they can't open windows. They can't run ceiling fans. Uh, you can run an exhaust fan in a bathroom, um, which brings me back to something too. When we test, there's also certain areas where we can and can't put that machine up. So for the most part, living rooms, you can have it, bedrooms, uh, that's about it. You can't put it in a hallway. You can't put them in a mechanical room. Can't put them in a bathroom. Um, no closets or anything like that. We want it in an open area so we can, we want to, it's a snapshot of what you're being exposed to as an occupant. So anyhow, going back to, we, we always recommend a, another test. And so say one test comes back at six and the other one comes back at two. We take those two, we average them. What do you have? Four. Yeah. So you're right at that threshold. And I've actually had this happen before. It's happened one time and I actually had to go back to my, all my books on radon because the average was 4.0. And I 
And I had to find out whether I had to recommend a retest or if it was right there. And actually, if it is 4.0 or higher, you have to recommend a retest. So at that point, um, let's say we do two tests. It still is failing uh, by our standards. You have two options. You can do mitigation or you can do a long-term test. If you're moving into a new home, I would suggest that you get an estimate for mitigation. You can still move forward with the, the, the sale or purchase of the home. Once you're moved in, you run a long-term test, which is a minimum of 120 days. And what that is, is that's a long-term test, meaning they can open windows, they can run fans, they can do everything that they normally would do. That's actually a lot more accurate test. But if you're buying a home, you don't have that that much time, obviously, to, to do a radon test. At that point, once you've moved in, if you fail the long-term test, when you have close on the home, you go back to getting the bid, you ask the sellers to put, let's just say it's $4,000, you have them put that in an escrow account. Once the long-term test is done, if that fails, you already have the money to pay for the, the mitigation. If it passes, then they get their 4000 back. Mm-hmm. That sounds, yeah, so that way you're covering your bases. Right. Okay. So what do you say to people who listen to this and they go, well, there's not a radon problem in this area where I live. There's not a radon problem in this neighborhood who really don't aren't concerned about radon. What would you say to them? One of my favorite things I always said, uh, when I say always and said in the past, I don't do much radon testing. Obviously, you know that. We specialize in mold, but... My favorite saying I would always tell people is, is your house could pass and the property next to you might fail. And there's many factors why we covered a little bit of it. Could be, you know, a crawl space versus a full basement with a concrete floor. Could just be what's in the soils below that home. So just like a mold infestation, everything's unique, especially just like with radon. There's so many unique factors. You can't just assume, well, my neighbor had his tested. He has it done every two years, and he, he, he always is passing. That's not, it would be the same thing as saying your neighbor's healthy and you're not. So you can't, it's not a comparison. Geographically, there's nowhere that has zero radon. So geographically, it doesn't matter where you live. But if you are, if you go to the EPA's map, if you're in, I believe it's a red it's colored red where where the the high radon areas are if you're in that you make sure you get it tested but even if you're not i'd have it tested every two years just to make sure yeah all right you heard it from the expert thank you guys for listening to episode 17 of the toxic mold podcast prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.